Hi, I'm Joe McGuire. She is Abby, bro. Welcome to the first Closing Time podcast of 2020. Hope you had a wonderful holiday. Mm -hmm. uh, New Year's resolutions uh, still on everyone's mind. About, I guess, yeah. About 12 Hopefully. days in. Hopefully. <laughs> do, you have, do you have one? Um, you know, I think I did. Um, and it was just all the norms. But I think I've condensed it into just continue to kill it. That's good. Yeah. Just continue to kill it. I like that. Yeah. It's very effective. It's very to the point. Right. Uh, if you have a New Year's resolution, you haven't broken it yet, especially, uh, feel free to let us know what that is in the comments section. Please do. Yeah. Um, now, January is Real Estate Agent Appreciation Month, which yeah. is so lovely because we don't get a day like it seems everyone else gets. Mm -hmm. uh, but this might be a good time also to think about and talk about safety protocols. Yeah. Uh, you may have heard um, a 28-year-old realtor and mother uh, was kidnapped from a showing she was doing and was later found dead. Mm -hmm. um, and it was one of those things where, I mean, this was a setup. And a lot of the times these are more random crimes. Mm -hmm. But if, God forbid, somebody were targeting you, mm -hmm. your your safety protocol is that much more important. Right. That you, you should never under, and no matter who you're meeting with, you should never not let somebody know where you're at. Right, exactly. And some of the protocols that we have in this office are um, if we ever feel like, well, first of all, you let someone know where you are. Um, second of all, you never meet a client um, at a house for the first time. You always meet either somewhere in public or at the office. Um, and then a third one that we have is um, the red folder call. Have you heard of that? I have heard of that. Yes. Bring me the red folder. The red, bring me the red folder. Yeah. So if you're feeling skeeved out or weirded out at all at a showing, even if you know the person, you've been working with them forever, you call the office and you say, hi, um, can, I, can you bring me the red folder that's on my desk? I need to know something that's in it. And then they know, red flag, go get you, call 911, all of the above. Um, so yeah, so it's a really great uh, safety tool. You should definitely work something like that out with a buddy in your office or your broker, because um, it's important. You yeah. said something really that kind of stuck with me. You were like, you want to meet at the office rather yes. than in an empty home with no electricity. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when you put it like that, gosh, it just makes that much more sense. But mm -hmm. you know, thoughts and prayers to uh, to that agent and her family. A very sad situation. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, again, as you, as you come into 2020, you start doing the showings or, and, and kind of really ramping things up. Uh, like Abby said, make sure you have a plan in place so people always know where you're at. Mm -hmm. uh, it's such a tough way to start the year, you know? Right. And if you are also, um, another thing, if you're a buyer and you're looking on Zillow and you just come across an agent and you want to get in contact with them and think, oh, we'll just go take a look at this house um, without having a buyer consult first just because you think it might be a waste of time. It actually isn't a waste of time to sit down with a realtor before you start looking at a house because um, then you can go through everything start to finish. Um, so not only is it beneficial for the process and saving yourself time, um, but then also safety for you and the agent. And for agents that aren't lucky enough to have their business be run by you know referrals alone, uh, this is really important because we are meeting a lot of people that we don't know. Speaking of Zillow, uh, obviously they are a powerhouse mm -hmm. in this industry, and really, you know, what what has led them to become this all powerful entity uh, in in the real estate business? And it's a very simple formula mm -hmm. for 
domination. Right. Uh, the plan was <laughs> global domination. Acquire listings, build consumer traffic, and monetize. Now, obviously, step one's a little bit easier, mm -hmm. getting the the listings. Um, the other two become a little bit more difficult, but they have done a really good job of that. Um, one of the things that they've done more recently, which which some people were a little confused by, was their pay per listing subscriptions. Right. Uh, they give a free model for agents, uh, but it, it's a tactical retreat by by Zillow. Uh, part of their long term strategic plan. Basically, they're um, allowing agents to post new listings directly for free, which circumvents brokerages right. and, and some of the handicaps that they sort of face in, in advertising with listings. Right, because there are a lot of rules and regulations with that. Um, and if your um, seller doesn't want to follow those rules and regulations, um, then this is another way of doing it. Very true. Interesting you would bring up rules and regulations. Oh, is it? Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, we're going to, one of the things we're going to talk about, uh, and I think this is important, we're going to talk about uh, these presidential candidates. Some of them have um, come out and told us what their plans are as mm -hmm. far as housing. Some have been a little uh, less to the point or really haven't taken a stance yet. We do know one thing for sure, that, that President Donald Trump, who is going to be running for re-election, favors fewer regulations. Uh, an easier uh, permitting process for building uh, and lower property taxes. So we know we yep. know where the president stands. And, you know, again, this isn't to be political. We're not going to tell you who's as good or who's as bad, but just sort of let you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, what what uh, where where some of these candidates are out, because it's super important, uh, especially for us. Uh, we, we need to know where exactly these these folks stand. Uh, one other point uh, about the Trump administration, they've also taken aim at reforming Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, which certainly could use it, but they've also weakened tenant discrimination protections, mm -hmm. which is not good. No. So Bernie Sanders, uh, we talked about this uh, at the end of last year. He was one of the few that really came out with a plan. Uh, it's housing for all. He mm -hmm. plans on building 10 million permanent homes, $2.5 trillion, mm -hmm. which... The, the, the price tag on that certainly uh, uh, shocks a lot of people. Bernie, right. you, we, we know Bernie thinks everyone deserves everything, and, and that, that may very well be true. It is expensive, so he's going to impose a 25% tax, a house-flipping tax, mm -hmm. uh, where if you sell a property um, within five years of the purchase, you're paying a 25% tax. Right, and so that we did talk about that. I believe last year. So that is something for investors to keep in mind. Yes. And understand what that would mean for your business and your carrying costs and you know ultimately when you sell. Um, but about these permanent affordable housings, we have a lot of first time home buyers looking right now and there aren't a lot of new first time homes, you know, starter homes that are being built. So a lot of them are built in the 1950s and in different states of disrepair. So what I like about this is that these are first-time homes. You know, they're not McMansions right. with you know, un, you know, that aren't going to be affordable for the masses. Um, so that's interesting to me. Now, Elizabeth Warren, uh, as a senator, introduced the American Housing and Mobility Act. Uh, the purpose of that is to close the supply uh, demand imbalance by the year 2028. She wants to add one and a half million new jobs to the market and decrease rents for low and middle-income people by about 10 percent. Mm -hmm. um, the price of her program, again, roughly $500 billion. Her plan is to revive uh, the 
death tax that uh, right. the, the George W. Bush administration uh, put to rest. It'll only affect the top 10,000 wealthiest families in the country. I'll be honest, I'd be okay with that. Okay. I don't think I'm, <laughs> I don't think I'm in there, so I'm cool with that. Uh, of course, that's going to be an issue for some people. But again, just kind of letting you know where, where some of these plans are at. Uh, Joe Biden really hasn't mentioned housing specifically. Uh, he's mostly talked about criminal justice reform and, and uh, a way to find reentry for prisoners adjusting back in mm -hmm. uh, so that 100 percent of formerly incarcerated people can find housing. I think that's a it's a nice effort. That's you know, if, if you are if you believe in reform mm -hmm. and you believe in giving people a second chance, you got to start them out on the right foot. The charity I work with, exactly. that's one of the things that we do is help people who are transitioning from prison into apartments, but then the apartments don't have furniture. That's where we come in and mm -hmm. we load them up, give you some dignity. Uh, Peter Buttigieg uh, has the economic agenda for American families. It's a $430 billion investment program meant to unlock access to affordable housing. You see a lot of that. He's also... Um, uh, wants to extend, uh, ex expand tenant protections against yep. evictions uh, and has introduced the Community Homestead Act uh, meant to revitalize uh, sort of poor areas to bring them up to speed. So mm -hmm. he's been a little more clear about what he... And where his target is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Amy Klobuchar uh, introduced a pretty comprehensive housing plan as well, uh, the Saving for the Future Act. Uh, basically, her plan, as we understand it, is to undo everything Trump's done. That's literally what it says. Starting day one, right? Uh, yes. Uh, she wants to help the rural housing crisis, mm -hmm. uh, help seniors age in place, increase uh, access to affordable housing. Uh, 400,000, oh, uh, a 25% corporate tax hike for uh, people who make over $400,000 a year uh, to help uh, with uh, raise the capital gains rate. Uh, in the income tax rate for those people. It, yeah. it, it certainly is. Uh, again, I think when, when you start to tax the rich, you start to run into, that's an issue. People, yeah. Yeah, people yeah. feel like, back, right? well, there's, yeah, yeah uh, obviously. And then finally, Cory Booker, uh, he's got a housing plan uh, the, that would uh, cap rents uh, at 30% of your income, which I think mm -hmm. is reasonable. Uh, construction of new affordable housing units kind of along the same lines. Uh, reform zoning laws, uh, and the introduction of baby bonds, uh, a $1,000 savings bond for every child born in this country. Yeah. I'll tell you what, it, you know, as much money as this country spends, I think if you're going to set every kid up with a here's... Here's something. Here's something with. for the future. At least when they're 18 or 21 or whenever exactly you'd be able to enact it, at least you've got something. Right. There's so many people. You just... I think that's another thing with schools, is I think schools should spend more time you know, teaching you checkbooks and taxes. Right, how to manage that. Practical things that you're gonna need, mm -hmm. you know, whether you're a doctor or, you know, whether you do landscaping. Yeah. Or how it is to take out a loan. And what that, that sure, exactly that means. is so important. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I know we're, we're actually gonna be doing a, a, a real estate seminar. Yes. For young people mm -hmm. uh, to show them, hey, how to save. Right, just out of school, so you're gonna be soon making all this money. What does that mean for you right. in your pocket? And, and how to um, manage that money most effectively so that you can set yourself up for success, whether that be owning your own home or doing an investment property or, you know, whatever your interests are. Geometry and chemistry are great classes, mm -hmm. but in the real world, 
Yeah. They're not as practical as writing checks and taking out mortgage class could be. Right. That's all I'm trying to say. Agreed. And speaking of, um, there is an epidemic in this country, and Connecticut is not much different than anywhere else. Mm -mm. Uh, wealthy towns keep people out of their housing. Yep. Um, everybody knows what Section 8 is. Mm -hmm. uh, and Section 8, it's, it's so ridiculous because you're guaranteed to get your rent. Right. Guaranteed. Every month it is paid to you um, by the state. You get that every month. Between discriminatory landlords exclusory zoning and the federal government's very hands-off approach, uh, Section 8 unfortunately has been a bit of a failure. Mm -hmm. um, the idea is for people to have a chance to live in better communities with better schools. Typically, they end up in the same poor areas, maybe right. outside of the central housing projects to just on the outside of that. Right. It's no better. Uh, here in Connecticut, uh, analysis of federal voucher data by the uh, by ProPublica found 55% of the state's 35,000 Section 8 voucher holders live in neighborhoods with concentrated poverty, mm -hmm. which is higher than the national average of 49% and the rates of 43 of the 50 states. That's not... It's not good. And, and, and no. you know, you would think Connecticut being the kind of state it is would be a little bit better about that. Still not the case. And I think where realtors can come in um, and help this is educate our uh, landlords. So if you are working for a landlord or if you're working for um, someone who has a Section 8 voucher as a tenant, um, explain to them, you know, what that means exactly. Um, every uh, house out there or every apartment out there for rent is um, eligible to be um, accepting Section 8 vouchers. You can't say no to someone because they're using Section 8 as a form of payment for you know your rent. Um, and what exactly means, like Joanna said, you're going to get your payment every month and it's going to be there, it's guaranteed. Um, so as realtors, we really need to educate the public on exactly what the program is and all of its awesome benefits. I mentioned the federal government very hands-off with Section 8. Uh, federal law does not make it illegal for a landlord to turn down a prospective tenant if they plan to use Section 8. So oh, HUD does not investigate complaints of landlords who turn down Section 8. Connecticut is one of 14 states yeah. where it would be illegal to do that. Okay. But the idea that That's the so federal government is still not on board yeah. with that, uh, or the fact that there are 36 states where you can turn down Section 8 housing. Well, realtors in those states, it's on you. The onus is on you for this then. It is, and, and it should you be. You need to explain it. It should be. There's no reason why uh, realtors and brokers can't police its own uh, its own industry. Right. Um, because that, that kind of stuff is yep. uh, it's unnecessary. And it goes against everything that, that, that our code of ethics stands for. Yeah. And, and what humans stand for, so. Agreed. Um, uh, our last, uh, our last oh, yeah. story of, of today is a good one. Yeah. Uh, the Pittsburgh potty, which sounds Ever much worse than it is. Uh, so, so, and, and you've seen, you've seen your fair share of these yeah. recently. I've only seen a few and I haven't seen one in a couple of years, but the, the toilet down in the basement, it's not framed off. Nope. It's, it's just, just open in a corner, yeah. really creepy, usually quite in a state of disrepair. And I've, okay, so working in both New Haven and Hartford, I've seen, and in New Britain as well, I've seen a lot of these. And they're homes built around like the 1800s. And in the basement, literally just in the corner, is a toilet. And it's always been like a joke, like, oh, there's a toilet, you know, kind of a thing. 
And um, one of my buyers was like, I wonder what it's all about. And I'm like, it's just a toilet, right? But no, there's gotta be a reason. So I actually researched it and it's got a pretty amazing story. So the myth was that, and the reason why it's the Pittsburgh potty mm -hmm. is that uh, they, they assume all these steel workers would come home, kind of go through the uh, garage right. at the lower level of the house, and they didn't want to track dirt, so they would just use the bathroom downstairs. But right. as it turns out, that is not correct. No. That is a lovely myth. Yeah. <laughs> very, very 1920s, 1930s, but it's not that real. That was yes. the reason. But the issue really is, is the poor plumbing back then when the homes were built, that the um, sewage system would back up into the home. And so instead of having that issue happen on one of the main living levels in one of the toilets, they installed the toilet down in the basement so that the sewage would come up in the basement instead. Isn't that brilliant? <laughs> brilliant. You know? Yeah. An extra toilet just for your sewer backup. Right. That's all it was. Yeah. So now, agents, I'm sure you've seen this. The next time you see one, you can just give a little tidbit to your buyers on what it's all for. And if you have one as a homeowner, then now you know. <laughs> and if your client grosses out easily, tell them the story about the, uh, right, the coal miners. The steel miners <laughs> just not wanting to track dirt. That'll right. make everybody feel better, no doubt. Right. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for listening to the very first uh, episode of 2020. We've got so much in store this year. We're going to have all sorts of great guests on, uh, people uh, to speak on you know, mortgages, home inspections, and, and pretty much everything, lawyers, the whole nine, uh, all throughout the year. If there's something specific you'd like us to hit on, uh, feel free to comment below. Yeah. Like, subscribe, comment. We'd love uh, to hear from you. I'm always a big fan, too, when you tag somebody in it that you think would like it. Oh, yeah. Everybody should do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To that one sounds person. good, too. Do that as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for Abby Bro, I'm Joe McGuire. Thanks so much for listening to this week's show. We will catch you next time on the Closing Time Podcast.